Hello everybody and welcome to Crystal Myth. This is our first of two episodes on myths about space. Yeah, so we, as usual, tend to talk a lot and subjects that we like so the podcast has ended up like two hours long so we thought we would just um make it easier to split it into two parts again like we did with the uh, urban myth ones and so the first part is going to be the one that you're hearing now and then the second part will be um uploaded next week um so hope you enjoy Leslie Anderson and hello it's Mark Dornan yay so in the days where Elon Musk has launched his SpaceX rocket Falcon 9 um, with with astronauts Bob Bracken and Doug Hurley to be fair to them they're probably better off being launched into space the way the state of things are on earth right now (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to talk about space related myths and legends and Mark you've got a few interesting stories um, if you'd like to start off with which I'm very keen to hear because I haven't heard any of any of these I do so my first story comes mostly from a Daily Telegraph article Um, Oh no, that's a Tory paper. It is a Tory paper, but it's, you know, it's an interesting article. Um, And the reason that I wanted to start off talking about that is because, as you say, we're we're looking at space and we are both Scottish. And I thought that here in Scotland, there is an open warrant for the arrest of the alien drivers of a UFO who scanted and then knocked unconscious a man called Bob Taylor. And I, I thought you would um, like to know about that. And um, for any of our listeners out there who aren't Scottish, um, Leslie, would, would you like to explain what scanting is to them? <laughs> so scanting is if um, you're just standing about talking or chatting or minding your own business when someone comes up behind you and pulls your trackies down along with your pants, thus exposing your private area to everybody <laughs> in a public space for yeah. many laughs. I mean, I say trackies because it's mostly people who wear trackies that do this. Um, if you're wearing tight jeans, it's a lot harder to scan someone. So it is mainly if you're wearing loose base trousers. Or Those are the scanton facts. Thanks, Leslie. Public service announcement. Now, the reason that this is still an open criminal investigation is because I'd say that it would be accurate to point out that scanton probably happens most often amongst teenagers in Scotland. However, uh, it is a criminal offence and if you are over the age of 18 and scanting people, then that is forcibly and decently exposing someone and you can go to jail as, as these aliens will. So I'm going to read some extracts from the article to you. 
On November 9th, 1979, at around 10.30am, Bob Taylor, a Scottish forestry worker employed by the Livingston Development Corporation, parked his truck at the bottom of Detchmont Law at the Detchmont Woods and took his dog for a walk up the hill. On his walk, he came across a strange metal sphere, and I'll give you his description of it. He said it was about 20 feet across. It looked like it was a traditional spaceship. I like also the word traditional spaceship, like <laughs> ship your granny would have. <laughs> like ones from the 50s? The, yeah. the, the classic saucer-shaped ones? I assume that's what he means, because he goes on to say, it, <laughs> which for some reason made me laugh, it was a huge flying dome. Yeah. It appeared yeah. to be made from a dark metallic material, and when he touched it, it had a rough, test, a rough texture like sandpaper. Wait, how big was this thing? Uh, about 20 foot across. And he touched it? He touched it, yeah. What, did it land on in front of him and he just walked, walked, casually walked up and touched it? Yeah, as anyone would do. I don't know if I would. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think I would... Um, I don't know if I'd run away, but I'd certainly back up, not walk towards it and give it a rub. But, you know, each to their own. Fair play to Bob. When he was... <laughs> When he was um, rubbing it and feeling its sandpapery texture, two smaller spheres with metal spikes on them drop down from each side of the craft and then attach themselves to his trousers and pull them down. <laughs> Sorry, that was the best. Nets from space. <laughs> they travelled halfway across the galaxy and interstellar travel just so they could scan this guy. <laughs> Aliens are real, and this is exactly what they're like. <laughs> um, he said the next thing that he knew, he was coming round with his head pounding and a bitter taste in his mouth, <laughs> completely unable to walk or to talk. I nearly his spat dog... my His dog was running round him in circles, barking furiously. He looked at his watch and worked out that he'd been unconscious for about 20 to 25 minutes. Scanting. (laughs) (laughs) Was his trousers still around his ankles when he woke up? He doesn't say, but I assume so. (laughs) All right, I need to calm down. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, what happened then? Well, we'll be able to calm down because the next line's quite entertaining as well. Oh, Eventually, he built up the energy to crawl back to his truck <laughs> yeah. and drag himself inside, but he found that his truck had been disabled and he was unable to start it, so could not drive home to Livingston, so had to walk the entire way once he <laughs> regained no use of his body. When he walked into the house... His wife was shocked by his muddy and dishevelled appearance and immediately rang both the police and the local doctor. Okay. And what did they say? It was aliens that did it? Well, the police (laughs) Taylor back to the site to see what had happened. They found his truck and just up from his truck, they found marks in the soil that, and I quote here, clearly showed where a spaceship had been and then hovered off. Probably look like there are no pictures. Oh, 
international scan scan in aliens like <laughs> in the examination the doctor found that there were grazes on taylor's legs and chip <laughs> and sorry then, i keep laughing and, I, and that poor guy <laughs> and i'm like if i was a doctor or a policeman as soon as he said the word scan i would be away i couldn't <laughs> Right, come on, sorry, I'm carry on. <laughs> so they found that uh, he had grazes on his legs and his chin, and that his trousers had been wrapped around the ankles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, <laughs> right. So, what did the um, how, how, <laughs> what did the guy say? I mean, was there any quotes from him at this point? No, the only quote I have from him is the oh no wait i'm lying there's a further quote that i didn't right. actually i've got it here so the police um filed the incident as criminal assault carried out by the aliens oh and the is open as they've yet to be arrested um so, so they are are looking to arrest these aliens that do you know what they should do they should put like a like a, a public service like an announcement or you know like posters wanted posters with a a sort of artist illustration of these aliens warning <laughs> keep a lookout for these creatures that go around scanning people i find that odd we're, we're tight aliens because i feel like maybe the the sphere itself was the alien like with its little arms pulling people's trousers down like just because it's 20 foot long doesn't mean it's not a being in its own right. Did they just scan him? Or because, you know, he woke up and he couldn't move and he was, like, all stiff and stuff. Did they do other stuff to him, you know? know it's like, the better taste in his mouth that's confusing they, me. Oh, yeah. Did they check his, you know, anal cavities for any... I'm saying there? that, I suppose, maybe if they scanted him really hard, <laughs> that's why his trousers ripped around the ankles and maybe fell and then fell on his face, which would have knocked him unconscious and he'd a bit of his tongue. So that would have then left that, you know, that weird like blood taste you get oh, in your mouth. Yeah, and you so actually, I think maybe they scanted him for a laugh. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying mate. Again, it, it scanted him for a laugh, knocked him unconscious, and then was like, oh fuck, I've knocked this old guy unconscious. Didn't know what to do. Fled back into space. It's the only thing that makes sense. And they filmed the whole thing so they can laugh about it on their YouTube channels. I like that... Um, Clearly, I'm 800 years old because my immediate thought was, yeah, to send it to space, Jeremy Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an episode of Rick and Morty. It's so good. Like, <laughs> yeah, like... I can't stop thinking about space. <laughs> he's Jeremy Beetle, but he's got two heads. And he's like, <laughs> from the planet Jeremy, recently visited Earth and sent us this hilarious video of an old man getting scanned. <laughs> The, um, the interstellar cable channels on uh, Rick and Morty that is definitely one of the shows that they go around just scanning different people around the universe but especially earth people <laughs> the only other quote that I've got on it um, is I thought it was from him it's not, it's from a company that lived in the village he lived in and they said it's generally agreed that Bob Taylor was not a man who made up fanciful stories he never sought publicity about <laughs> this event and never really spoke to people about it. It only went to the papers because it was passed on to the police. So I believe every word of his account, which, <laughs> to be fair, I'm kind of like, 
do you know what? If he never spoke to people about it and he didn't want to be in TV and he refused to be interviewed by the papers and the only reason people know about it is because he reported it as an assault to the police. <laughs> Maybe it did so, so the police basically grassed him up to the, the journalists then. They, they, they <laughs> exposed him. Um, I mean, to be fair, if I was scanted by um, some interstellar like, aliens, I don't think I'd want to tell anyone about it. It's a bit embarrassing. I think I'd want to tell everyone. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> He'd put you away. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it'd be a great story. Like, I oh, guess what happened to me last weekend? I was out like, walking the woods. Well, some sort of, in my head, it's now a crab, right? It's a big metal crab. Um, like some sort of quaint <laughs> spherical crab beast descended from the sky. I walked over and tried to pet it. And its tiny little crab claws came out and scanted me. <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't know. It was, it was his poor dog as well. The things that dog has seen but can't tell. <laughs> How do we know it wasn't his dog that scanted him, and he was just imagining that whole thing? I mean, and <laughs> in, in theory that could be the case, but why would he hallucinate that his dog was a alien spacecraft? I don't know. It just seems Some, a lot more likely knows. that an alien scanted him. I really want to go to those woods now. Whereabouts are whereabouts are these woods? Give give uh, the people out there some directions so that we can all explore. Livingston. Yeah, they're just outside Livingston. Ooh, Livingston in Scotland. But if you're in England or anywhere else, don't travel up here to go and see it until the lockdown's completely lifted here. Just just saying. Yeah, please don't uh, murder Horrible. an elderly just so that you can see where the alien spacecraft was. Yeah, and if you do, the aliens will come down and scan you, scan you good. And also, if you do, you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are back. That is like one of the best stories I've ever heard. Have you got any more to that? Or is that it? No, that's it. Again, um, he was never interviewed about it. He refused to be interviewed. So that's, <sighs> that is all the information I, know, I have. But yeah, it's still a... It's still totally a there's still a warrant out for the alien or aliens arrests for Bob's assault. Is there a reward? No, sadly not. I don't know why that. I wonder. We're not harboring the alien. <laughs> I don't know. I might start going and starting a bounty hunting business and try and find these aliens. And, but I wonder if they actually managed to, if they did find them and the, the, and the police arrested them, how do they arrest some spiky, bold alien things? How would that stand up in a court of law? Yeah, like, like you can't. <laughs> aliens like as intelligent as humans maybe well if like, you come here planet and, and, and also the aliens well i'm presuming that they know our language maybe they just don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i love the the image of these aliens in the scottish courts <laughs> someone someone defending them for scanning that man <laughs> i don't think bob would want to um, press charges since he doesn't want to be interviewed or talk about it. Mm, I, I mean, although to be fair, it wasn't technically him that went to the police. It was his wife that went to the police. So maybe. Uh, okay, she, she's she got beef. Right? Like, if alien scanted my dad. Then... <laughs> well, what would Ronnie do? <laughs> I mean, he'd probably try to fight them. But I think he'd see it as a good laugh at the end of the day. Whereas, yeah, I think my mum would be like, oh, no, Ronald, you were, you were knocked out and you bit your tongue. We, we have to get the police to 
to really do something about this. So yeah, I think my mum would be the one pressing for charges. I think Ronnie would just think it was a good laugh. <laughs> Paul would probably find it very amusing as well. Paul being your brother. It would depend whether he had a drink in him or not. I feel like if he was mm. so find it very amusing, but if he was drunk, he'd be like throwing beer bottles at the sky and being like, well, you're a fucking alien. Come scat <laughs> me if you like scat somebody in my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're ever hanging around those woods, make sure that you're wearing very, very tight trousers. And a belt. Yeah, but maybe the belt and the tight trousers is no match for the Scanton aliens. Yeah, maybe you're better just to wear... Maybe that's what was wrong. Maybe he was wearing a belt and tight trousers and <laughs> I ended up getting knocked unconscious. Like, if you were just... I, yeah, I'm going against your advice, Leslie. I'm going to say, if you're in Detchmont Woods, make sure you're wearing loose-fitting joggies so it's easier for the alien to get <laughs> so that then you can just pull your trousers back up, carry on with your day. You won't be accidentally knocked out. Or actually, to go back to the very start of the story, my, my advice would be, if you see a 20-foot-long, dark, silver <laughs> yeah. or object moving through the woods, don't walk over and start petting it, because that's a bit weird. I was just going to say that very thing. I was going to say, maybe that by him stroking whatever it was, whatever that thing was, you don't know whether that was a biological thing and it's just been assaulted by yeah. that man. And then they took offence to that and punished them by scanning them. You know, how dare you touch me? Maybe, yeah, maybe like its top <laughs> layer of sandy shell is like its gen. Maybe he walked over and grabbed its genitals without his permission. And it was like, fuck you. <laughs> Always get consent. Now I have this like image which I really hope happens of some sort of galactic council descending to Earth and being like... <laughs> Bob, bring us Bob Taylor. He used to be in prison for the sexual assault of Gloopy Gloops. <laughs> He's wanted across the universe for sexually abusing aliens. <laughs> It's like the other way around. Instead of being easily probed by an alien, he's 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 going around, he's going around assaulting them. He's the Jeffrey Epstein of Scotland. <laughs> it comes to aliens. <laughs> so if, right, that is. I don't know how you can top that story. If you've got anything else that is as good as that. <laughs> um. I wouldn't say, I've only looked at, because I know you've looked at a good few um, space myths, I've only got one other space myth, and it's I, I, it's not, it's definitely not as funny as the, the myth of Bob. I mean, it's got it's got some good points in it, but I don't think it's, it's going to quite top it. Have you got anything that is comparable that you've looked at? I mean, I just want to say as well that Bob Taylor... Um, if he listens to this podcast, he's going to be horrified because we've just now outed him to basically the world that he got scanted by an alien. So we're Sorry. just spreading rumours about him. <laughs> well, we're not really spreading rumours about him. I mean, he did report to the police, so we're well, spreading that. Bob Taylor got scanted by aliens. Pass it on. Well, I mean, I was just, I was just looking at like various different things that people talk about, conspiracies about space, myths or conceptions that people have about space, like there are canals on Mars. That I mean, I haven't heard this one that NASA's like fake. Where where is this? I I don't know what you mean by that. (laughs) Like there is no NASA. Like NASA's just there 
Yeah, NASA is a lie. So some folks actually believe NASA's whole function is not to explore space, but to generate space-related hoaxes. So NASA are the ones that are responsible for spreading the lie that um, the moon landing is fake. That doesn't make any sense. People no, believe they're always my, like, I, in a way, I feel like they're my favourite kind of myths, where I'm like, but that, there's absolutely no logic to that claim whatsoever. Like, why would, yeah, just why? Why, why would there be this massive pretense that NASA exists and what is actually just like, some guy employed by the American government sitting in a cupboard being like, today, NASA <laughs> investigating this and this. Like, wh- why? What would be the purpose of that? I think as well, like, if people look at um, photographs that, or images that NASA put on their website of like, big, like nebulas and these colourful galaxies, in actual fact, that's not what they look like. Space isn't colourful at all. It's just, it's just, there's no colour. They just enhance that so that it, you can see the nebulas better or see what they kind of look like because if they didn't do that, you wouldn't see them at all. But then, even at that, like, that's not a reason to assume think. that the organisation is fake. I think as well that there's that Maybe whole they... thing of, like, <laughs> not, like, or the American government use NASA to make it look like America are all-powerful, but if you think about it, like, the was it, was it the Challenger that was the one that exploded that was, like, absolutely horrific? Yeah, with a teacher in it. Yeah, and that was when Nixon was in charge, yeah. In charge, so, <laughs> the president. But yeah, that, not, that was basically like a sort of re-expansion, if you want, of NASA. So they wanted to expand its influence in, in order to do just that so that Nixon could be like, look how great America is. And they murdered a bunch of people because they rushed it. So it's not like it would make sense to be like, oh, NASA's fake to make America look good because NASA doesn't make America look good. Or there's like a conspiracy that, you know, because it was a, a teacher on board, that because that teacher was on there, it um, prevented an actual astronaut that trained all their lives to be on that that rocket so that, that so the, the um, astronaut basically um, sabotaged the, the rocket in some sort of revenge <laughs> because they couldn't <laughs> prove that teachers... Yeah, well, to prove that teachers shouldn't have no business being on a rocket, what do you think? that as a teacher yourself would you um sign up for the teachers in space program which is obviously no longer available because of that incident because of that time they murdered that teacher yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> i would sign up for a teachers in space mission hmm. would you like I have absolutely to- no entry i mean i don't have i'm not a massive fan of being in a plane i'm not a massive fan of being in a car or on a bus so the idea of somebody launching me into space isn't particularly appealing. Also, all the training you'd have to go through for it, like, no thank you, as yeah. you're aware. I yeah. am going for a wee jog. I, before we weren't allowed to leave the house, I did go to the gym begrudgingly once a week, kind of just, like, sitting about eating magnums. <laughs> like, I don't want to be an <laughs> I don't... Do you even like going on roller coasters, Mark? Oh, no, I don't I'm, think I've ever seen you on one. I thought you knew. I, I, like, my... Sorry, I'm now stammering. So, um, my... <laughs> Phobia is roller coasters. Um, when we were in S6, me, Joe, Gordon, and Jenny went to um, Blackpool for oh. a long weekend. Even I'm though so I'm disappointed in you. Than this before we went, and they went on the Pepsi Max, and I refused to go on it, and I had a panic attack watching them go on it and passed out. <laughs> that is how much I don't like roller coasters. Wow. I mean, I used to have a fear of roller coasters. 
worked for a good while because my dad put me on one when I was like free and traumatised me. And then I associated roller coasters with that like absolute terror. And then it wasn't until mm, I was 12 we went to Lightwater Valley that I managed to get the courage to go on the Ultimate, which is just a big wooden roller coaster with massive like massive drops and then I realized oh that that wasn't too bad actually <laughs> and then later on we went to Alton Towers and my sister forced me to go on the um the corkscrew because it's got a corkscrew loop and it's just got a couple of corkscrew um twists and I went on it and I was absolutely convinced I was going to die and then when I actually went went through with the corkscrew I realized that it was nothing it was actually a lot more fun so maybe you should get over your fear of roller coasters Mark just do I it. mean, I'm not going to because to go back to what we were talking about <laughs> and actually researching before you make decisions, you are actually statistically quite likely to die on a roller coaster. Is what no. things you can do. Roller coasters are like constantly being hit by faults over the globe. Like people do die or are severely injured pretty regularly on roller coasters in comparison to other sort of leisure activities so yeah but that's no. why they're fun mark because of the danger i don't find danger fun <laughs> that's what gives you the thrill <laughs> makes you feel more alive knowing that you could die on this thing i feel really alive i think that kind of goes <laughs> you know, like nasa training thing as well where you know you get these people that are i say these people like several <laughs> friends um who are very very sporty that are like You'd feel the burn to really know you're alive. Like, run the furthest you can, row as hard as you can until your arms break, blah, 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 blah. Like, I already feel really alive. Like, <laughs> I'm quite good at it. I don't need anything to remind me I'm alive. Like, I'm I'm constantly aware of the fact that I am alive. Maybe it's just because people just, so few people are going to ever experience, like, what it's like to be outside of the earth atmosphere and in space themselves. I've only ever seen it on, like, documentaries or movies that I suppose they could just think, well, could be all fake, could all just be computer generated that we're seeing, it's like people who think we live in the Matrix, that this is all just one big illusion. I would personally love to get launched into space in a rocket. <laughs> I think it would be the ultimate experience, the ultimate roller coaster. And it would be certainly an, a, a very humbling experience being able to see the Earth from from space you know like that's where we all live and just see how small we are i wouldn't be it would be very strange through my tears of terror so <laughs> it'd be a different experience for me i think it i'd imagine that the feeling of zero gravity would be very peaceful and just like euphoric but I don't know. I've never interviewed any astronauts and I don't know whether that's how they feel when they're in space. I imagine they're just trying to concentrate on doing a good job and not dying up there. Yeah, no, I think. I mean, I do, which to be fair, I was like, this kind of leads naturally onto the other thing or the other myth I was going to talk about. Right. I'm quite interested in the idea of astrozoology as well as cryptozoology that we've already talked about. Astrozoology being the idea, not so much of UFOs, but like of animal life and how it might have developed on other planets because we pretty much not we know because we haven't been to other planets but statistically speaking there will be life on other planets because there are enough there has to be yeah there are so many planets that orbit a star that are the right distance away from it and have the right chemical composition for life to develop that it would be astounding and yeah beyond belief if life hadn't developed on one of them and i'd love to go to 
another planet and research the life there. But yeah, I would never be able to do that because as you say, I'd have to go in a rocket and I'm not going in a rocket. Well, the only um, life form that I know that can survive in space is a little microscopic creature called a tardigrade. Have you heard of a tardigrade as a biologist? And they're cute. They're cute and they're called little little space pigs because they look quite cute. But they've got like, how do I describe them? Post a picture of it on our Instagram and our Facebook page. We'll do that so you can see what they look like. Um, If you've ever watched um, Star Trek Discovery on Netflix as well, there's a massive tardigrade in that. And it's kind of like, a, a sort of fluffy, like a plumpy looking thing with like, has it got six or seven or eight legs? I think it's chubby legs. And it's, it's got like a kind of circle for a mouth. And it's they can, like an almost hippo like quality yeah, to it. It does look a bit like it. Well, they call it a space pig, but yeah, I think it's more of like a hippo looking thing. And they, they're they so tiny that, you, that you, you can't, you'd have to see them under a really high but like powered microscope but they can survive in space Sorry, by... for a second i thought you said they're so tiny and then just sort of jovially you have to see them when they're really high <laughs> <laughs> you're good to I get trombone <laughs> well i'd like to get really high and have a look at some tardigrades i think that'd be fun i don't know what where I need to research some more, but as far as I know, that they can they can survive the vacuum of space. So if they can survive the vacuum of space, therefore they can probably travel through space and end up on other planets. Well, yeah, in theory, if we sent them up in a rocket and it crashed, they would then be on other planets. And there are scientists, zoologists, astrobiologists who study the idea of there being animals on other planets that think it could have happened like vice versa so well just uh, I, I need to do a boring science bit for this to make sense okay most piglets oh water bears are called they're so cute. They've, got, they've got eight legs they're little micro animals and they were first described by the german zoologist johann august ephraim goes in 1773 he called them little water bears oh okay so what were you gonna say mark before i rudely interrupted Okay, so the reason that life on our planet has evolved to be the way it is is because of the properties on our planet, right? Which just kind of makes perfect sense. Obviously, that's the case. But when we think about aliens, like the reason that people might assume that the Detchmont Woods being was a spaceship with aliens in it rather than was the alien in its own right is because we tend to think that aliens would look like you or I, but I don't know. They're we always assume that they're always going to be. Well, is that because it, that that's sort of the way that life evolves on our planet? So they assume yeah. that the same conditions would have like Homo sapien-like creatures on other planets. Yeah, whereas that's not necessarily going to be the case. And even the way that like animals are made up on this planet, um, like physically, not as in <laughs> a unicorn, but like a cat or a dog. Um, yeah, isn't necessarily the way that animals would appear on other planets. So astrozoologists have theorized that if life evolved on a planet with a level of gravity that was much lower than ours then the life form in the planet would be light large and spread out which is my favorite bit so it could be the case that living things on other planets that their molecules aren't as close together as us so they wouldn't necessarily be a solid they could be a liquid or a gas maybe they're ghosts maybe that's what ghosts are yeah, it, it could exactly like they could, could be travelling from other dimensions or space time. 
continuums. <laughs> well, I mean, in theory, yeah, when people are like, oh, I don't know, I saw a woman, but she was in a white dress and she was floating and like she walked through me and I felt cold. It's like, well, maybe, yeah, she's just from another planet and not a ghost. And it is that our molecules are further apart than ours. Mm-hmm. The way I kind of thought of it is a bit like a sort of stingray, but a stingray that you could walk through. <laughs> so like a ghost of a stingray. Because it would be like flat and wide, but yeah, you would also be able to pass through it. Do you remember that episode of Love, Death and Robots where it was like a, a guy and his son or something and they were travelling in a car and then next thing there was all these like sort of um, stingrays flat floating about the sky and things and they were all yeah, psychedelic? Episode, it was so good. That sort of reminds me of that. Yeah, it's a very sort of similar idea and they were supposed to be like, yeah, the ghosts of like sea life, which I mean, it does kind of, basically, yeah, it sounds like the description they're given of animals that would come from these planets is kind of like a ghost whale. They then went on to look into research of what if life evolved on a planet with a, a gaseous atmosphere, um, because quite a lot of planets where life could evolve, they're not as solid as our planet is, and they're covered in f- fog that's so soupy that it's like thick and like water. So if we were to be on that planet, well, because, we, because of our weight, we would basically... Mm plunge to the core but also we would kind of drown on the way to the core just on the atmosphere because it's so thick so don't that would mean then. That... don't go there then <laughs> yeah, not, not a good place to holiday but the animals from planets like that would need to be in order to survive on the planet at least as large as a whale but so light that they were able to swim through air mm. So mm. kind of like a giant like an absolutely huge jellyfish and, and this is the bit that I like that brings us into the, that's all, I'm saying that's all factual, we know those animals exist, that's all based on actual scientific theory. The urban myth that comes out of this is that there's some people who believe that because these creatures would live on a planet that was like made of gas, and because their molecules would be so spread out that they were basically porous, that would mean that it wouldn't actually make any sense to assume that they would have to breathe. And because their light is air, that would mean that in theory, they could basically swim off the surface of their own planet and swim here through space. I don't know about that because obviously they would probably need whatever chemicals or um, compounds in our planet to breathe and survive in the atmosphere if they go into space. But, I don't think anything apart from a tardigrade can survive in the vacuum of space. But then again, we're do we? like basing it on our planet. Yeah. I get what you mean, but then they wouldn't necessarily have to breathe. They wouldn't necessarily be, if their molecules were spread out, like terribly affected by atmospheric pressure. Yeah, mm. if we were kind of thinking like, oh, a pelican can fly and it's relatively big so it could fly through space. Well, no, it couldn't. But but these things in theory could. And I've looked at a couple of sightings of them. Wow. Okay. Where have we seen these? Okay. So I've got, they're all very, very short. Um, That's fine four of them. So the first one is uh, Crawfordsville. So there were several sightings of an animal that kind of matches the description that I've just gone through in Crawfordsville, Indiana in 1891. So in early September in 1891, two delivery men claimed that they saw a large creature come into the sky from out in space above them and it stopped about 100 metres away from them They said that it had a body kind of like a serpent, but it didn't have anything that you would describe as a head. It had fins along both of its sides, which it was using to swim through the air. 
it was absolutely huge. It was semi-transparent, and there's a quote from them, or one of them, that said, his body was thin, it looked like it was made out of a great white shroud, and it was see-through. And they also said that where its head should be, there wasn't a head, but there was a large round red disc. And then later that day, a local couple who were the Schweitzers, who were a preacher and his wife, reported seeing a, a creature that basically matched almost the same description. They said it was swimming through the sky. It dipped like back out of basically our atmosphere into space. It was an off-white colour and it was absolutely gigantic and kind of resembled a sea slug. And by the end of that day in September, there was over 100 residents in Indiana who had reported seeing a similar creature to this sort of dipping in and out of the sky. What do you think about that, Leslie? Oh, I think that's quite interesting. I wonder if these things, if they are real, deliberately seek out to visit our planet or whether they just end up here because they just happen to float about, you know, (laughs) willy-nilly. Yeah, it's... And also when you mentioned that um, someone said that it's got like a large red disc for its head, my mind immediately went to the ancient Egyptians and made me think, well, what if they saw something like that and then just assumed that it was a god? Oh, yeah, because they've got the whole sort of... um, Yeah, sun discs. Sun iconography thing. Two seconds, Mm. I'm just off the window closed. Landlord has just pulled up at one side of my window and my neighbours come to the other side of the window to ask him a question. So they're both like speaking on either side of the window. But If they spotted one of those sea slugs out there? Is there a sea dragon out there? (laughs) 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 Or have they just been scanted by the... (laughs) To go back to your like, is it visiting question as well though? I don't like, yeah, it's a difficult one because like if they're they're as intelligent as us, then yeah, maybe they're coming to have like a squatch at us and see what we're doing. And then if they're like as intelligent as a jellyfish, then yeah, maybe they've just like got off course on their own planet and ended up here by accident. Or if they're intelligent like a whale, then well, I don't really know. Like maybe they're coming to speak to the whales of of the ocean. Like, hi pal, I'm I've come from wherever whatever planet they're from. How are you doing? How and the wheels are going, oh, it's a bit shit down here. The fucking humans are constantly after us. Can you help us out? Maybe they're like their planet's versions of whales and their planet's versions of people are as shit as us. And that's why they've left. I'm <laughs> down having a scratch at us and going like, oh, no, they seem shit as well. <laughs> I won't bother. I think I'll just float somewhere else. See if it's better on the other side of the universe or whatever. I don't know. I think they're, I, I, I happen to think your jellyfish theories probably... Like they're just floating, just drifting on the interstellar yeah. waves. And maybe like with your kind of, they need certain conditions. Maybe they like feed on, I don't know, certain elements or particles or whatever. So that kind of keeps them tied to their planet. But yeah, then if they're knocked off course, if they're jellyfish, they're not really, inte- or if they're jellyfish-like, and they're not really intelligent enough to to know which direction to swim in, maybe they just, yeah, end up here in the sky by accident. Yeah, I'd like to look into that more and See if there was any other sightings apart from in India, Indianapolis. Well, um, there so were, just some mass hallucination. There's a couple of other. I mean, they're basically there's not like a lot more for me to say on it because yeah, they're. I mean, they're pretty much very very similar sightings. Again, they're just kind of describing the same thing. But there's been multiple examples of this in Shetland, which I thought was really interesting when I started looking into this because I was like, I didn't know about that. Um, so multiple residents of Shetland have said that they've seen a similar creature. They've said they're large, they 
yeah, are kind of like big and flat. They kind of look like they're made out of the same material as clouds and that they're kind of white, but they're partially see-through. Um, and some people have said, and, and this is cute, they're quite friendly and they kind of, they come down sometimes and wrap themselves around you. And it's like being, this bit is less cute, so it's kind of disgusting. It's like being hugged by a sheep made out of tongues. Hey, <laughs> that's not nice. I mean, have you ever felt like a sheep or a cow's tongue lick you? It's like sandpaper. Yeah, it, it kind of makes you like go, like do that sort of internal shiver thing. Yeah. Oh. But again, yeah, I like the idea that, yeah, they seem like they're just kind of more. At least they're not shoving anal probes up your arse, yeah. you know. I, I, I lost the needles in your eyes. There, so I'm glad that you formed a sentence for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, there's been similar sightings as well in New Mexico. Um, again, it's fairly common in New Mexico. People report seeing pretty much a very similar thing: beings that look kind of like translu- translucent slugs um, undulating through the sky. And then there's a story of one exploding as well, which I feel like you'll quite enjoy. Oh my god! What? <laughs> so in Oakville in 1994. Where's Oakville? Is that in the US? Four. Yeah, Oakville's a. Uh, a place in North America. Okay. Um, so a similar creature was spotted, and as it approached the ground, I don't know why I'm laughing because this is quite sad. But you know. Sorry, you can laugh at what you want. Um, one one of them burst, um, and what happened was it came close to the ground, and then it split into tiny globs, all individually the size of rice grains, and these globs looked like they were made out of clear jelly. They went all over the land of and were handled by a woman called Sunny Barclift. And it also, yeah, so she got covered in it and two guests that were at her house handled the remains of the creature and her kitten ate a bit of it. Um, the kitten died a couple of hours later. Yeah, see, this is why I was, I was sort of gasping when I heard the, yeah. the kitten ate it because I, I can't be good. Uh, and again, good. like a space jellyfish, like don't pick up a jellyfish and eat it, that's not good. Um, yeah, and Sonny and her guests were all three of them were hospitalised with um, extreme fatigue and severe nausea. So, like, there's obviously like they're saying that there's evidence of an alien life on their land that they tried to eat for some reason and pick up. Like, I wouldn't. I mean, what, what does that say about humans? That the first thing they want to do when they see some sort of alien life is either touch it or eat it or fuck it, probably. Like, who knows? <laughs> Like, don't mess with that shit. If you don't know what it is, don't touch it. There's yeah, again, much like Bob earlier, it seems like an odd reaction that, like, if you were down visiting and we were sitting outside and a giant jellyfish descended from the sky, one, I think, could freak out. Like, can you see that too? And two, yeah, if it then got, like, stuck on the trees, ruptured and popped, I wouldn't be like, let's pick up bundles of its dead body and throw them to each other and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then you'd think that scientists would take samples of this and study it. This would be like absolutely mind blowing. Like if they could prove that alien life existed. So why did did they? mm -hmm. A scientist did collect a sample of it and tested it, but then the 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 response from the scientists really confused me. They basically said they tested it. And it had unknown traces of unknown elements in it, but also had traces of human DNA in it, which 
to them meant that it must have been something that came out of the chemical toilet on a plane because that has places of human DNA in it. I did think about um, uh, the the space ice or whatever it's called that gets thrown from um, planes when you talked about the little globules on the on the ground. But I think the shit that flies off of space in our space of um, planes or aeroplanes is just like a big block of stuff. Yeah. I think it's called something specifically. I can't remember. It doesn't seem like the other that. qualities of it. Like the whole thing about it coming down to earth and wrapping around people and it feeling like you're being hugged by a bunch of tongues, which again is weird. But yeah, it's not that like if ice from a plane fell on you, you'd be dead. You wouldn't be going off it like I was hugged by a bunch of tongues. And plane ice can't scan you. So, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see one of these things. Me too. I w- I'm like, why have I never seen one? I've, I've, I've only ever think I've seen one UFO. And I say UFO, I'm not saying it's aliens, but... And, and also I had a witness as well, so it wasn't just me that, that, that saw this thing. So I was in uh, where I used to live in East Kilbride in Greenhills. It's quite an elevated part of the town. And we were hanging about some flats. Um, and you can see basically from this hill where we are at, pretty much all of Greater Glasgow um, into sort of the highlands, like lower highlands of Loch Lomond. You can see Ben Lomond for where we were standing. So it was quite a clear day. I was about 10 years old um, playing with my friend Cheryl. Um, shout out to Cheryl Caldwell. And we were looking across um, over sort of beyond and I noticed in the sky, and this was quite late, it wasn't at night or anything, it was probably about, I don't know, 6pm or something like that. I noticed there was this sort of ball of light. Now it appeared quite small, but it did attract my attention because it was quite unusual and it was just hovering and it was blue. And then when I watched it, it sort of slowly expanded um, the light sort of got brighter and brighter and bigger. The object got bigger, expanded out, and then just suddenly shot away and disappeared. And I turned around to my friend Cheryl and I was like, did you just see what I just saw there? That was weird. What the hell was that? And she's like, yeah, I definitely saw it. But it was the fact that it was just hovering there for a while and then just start, suddenly started to expand. But then maybe it could have been just an astronaut. It could have just been a shooting star that you're seeing at an odd angle. I don't know. But it was, that's the only weird thing I've ever seen. And my boyfriend claimed that he saw something like a big orange light, similar thing, hovering about when he was with his, I don't know why, he was with his mate in a hot tub somewhere in a lodge <laughs> <at the moment. laughs> Maybe I should be worried about that. <laughs> and they saw this, this orange, because it, obviously if you're at Loch Lomond or somewhere in the countryside where there's not a lot of light pollution and you're sharing a hot tub with your mate, and looking up at the sky and there's lots of stars and you can see the, the sky clearly and there's no light about, then you're probably more likely to see some weird crap there than if you were like, you know, like me and my friend hanging, like playing in the town in the daylight. Yeah. So have you, have you never seen anything weird? No. I mean, I've seen many, many weird things, but <laughs> but no, I've never <laughs> seen anything. Um, space related. <laughs> space related weird. No, not, like absolutely nothing at all. Um, but yeah. maybe you don't tend to stargaze. Um, do, you ever, do you ever look up in the sky and try and study or try and see things, actively look for things? Because if you do look at the, the, the stars or the night sky long enough, you can see 
little dots of light moving about, but they're just satellites. Yeah, I'd say, like, I do stare into... <laughs> I just stare at things quite a lot. Um, no, I do stare into the sky quite a lot. Like, I, I feel like if I'm... Especially because where I live now is, like, the stargazing capital of Scotland. Like, we get extraordinarily clear skies. So, yeah, I do tend to sort of wander about and stare at the sky if I'm out at night. But, no, I've never, I've never seen anything that... I've thought is either an alien spacecraft or some sort of space jellyfish. I would like to, but no, no, I've never, I've never spotted anything in in the skies. Sadly, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would like to have a sort of what is it encounter of the third kind? Is that when aliens actually make contact with you, take you on board their spaceship? Do you know what I'd like? Um, this is showing my age. No, this is showing my age. Do you remember the film Cocoon? Yes. And, you know, they were all swimming in the pool and they all started feeling amazing and younger, all the older people. And then it turns out they were aliens in these pods that were just, I don't know why they were there for safekeeping. <laughs> and then and then once they got to know the aliens, they, they said to the older people, why don't you come back with us to our planet and you'll live like, you'll become immortal basically and you'll never die or you'll never get sick because our planet's like a sort of self-healing thing where that's where beans of light. Now oh, there you go, beans of light again. Mm. Um, and I don't know there is no more scientific evidence. I know. <laughs> I'd like to, that's the kind of alien I wouldn't mind meeting. I don't want to eat, um, meet some alien that's just like, well, let's just experiment on me like some sort of creature in a zoo, in a lab, and then spit, spit me back out and then come back for me again and again and then wipe my memory, you know, the classic kind of um, alien abduction stories. Which I think in my mind, like, I'm much more sold on the space jellyfish than either take you away and put a probe up you or take you on a nice wee holiday aliens. Like, yeah, I just think I'm not... I'm not sold on the idea of intelligent life out there. Yeah, I'm sold well, on the idea of life, just not intelligent life. Yeah, and I think even if there is intelligent life out there, it's so far away that we would never ever be able to travel there, and we don't have the capacity for interstellar travel to get there. Because basically, when you're looking at the night sky, what you're looking at, the light that's that's coming to you is is travelled over thousands and thousands of years. So you're looking at it the past. If say you were a, a wee guy on another planet somewhere, and they'd managed to build a telescope that enabled them to look at Earth from where they were, if they were like I don't know, loads and like millions of light years away, then they wouldn't be looking at us right now. They'd be looking at like Earth with dinosaurs on it. Because that's how far, how long it takes light to travel to where we are. Which is also cool because that then makes me think, well, maybe there's like, there is intelligent life on other planets and they're sitting recording a podcast. And, <laughs> and Mark is saying, I don't think that they're anything like what we think. I yeah. think it's like big giant space lizards. Space <laughs> lizard chicken things yeah, yeah. They, they don't even know that what humans are like they just think that the um the earth's roamed by like populated by giant lizard creatures and sea monsters although some would argue that the earth is still <laughs> run, <laughs> they're run by <laughs> lizards <and space. laughs> shout out to david david Ike. Ike. <laughs> <laughs> david Ike certainly would agree with that <laughs> is there any other space creatures that you've looked at or is it just those sort of floaty um, space whales, which I no, really love. I just looked at the the space whales and the Dutchman would scanner. We're we're <laughs> <doing>, focusing <laughs> on our investigation. 
Do you know what fascinates me about tardigrades is that they've found ones like that had been suspended in ice for two thousand years, and then and then they've been reanimated and come back to life. That's so amazing. these things are like immortal. They're they're absolutely amazing. I think they should be studied more, and and see if we can learn anything from them. Because if you because know, one of the things about you see in um, films and things like that for interstellar travel is, or, or like if you've seen Alien, where the only way that you can travel vast distances in space is to freeze your body or put yourself yeah. into suspended animation so that the time passes quicker. These tardigrades can actually do that, whereas um, in reality for humans, they definitely couldn't do that because if you were to freeze someone, it would basically destroy all your cells because it would form ice crystals. It would damage the structure of your cellular, like your actual cells. <laughs> I'm stumbling over my words here. Do you know what, do you know, understand what I'm like saying? When they defrosted us, we'd be turning into mush. Yeah, Exactly. You wouldn't survive it. There's no way that they, there's no scientific method that they've discovered that would enable you to successfully freeze a person and then bring them back to life out of suspended animation. Unless you're Walt Disney, maybe. <laughs> That's another myth. <laughs> One day, Walt king of space. So that was part one of Space Myths and the next one will be, as we say, will be has been recorded and will be posted next week and it's going to be to where we're just talking about general Space Myths. Yep, thanks yep. very much for listening to our first episode and we hope you enjoyed it and that you will enjoy the second one. So on that note, have a good one. Bye! Bye. Oh, come on Mark, be more enthusiastic than that. <laughs> Crystal. Crystal.